This episode of The Backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by Half Day. Those of you who played in the Stinger, our annual member guest, may remember meeting Dave, the co-founder of Half Day CBD. Dave is a talented dude with a very impressive iron game, as demonstrated in our closest-to-the-pin hickory challenge. And when he's not puring 120-year-old mashies and niblicks, Dave's true passion is helping others with their physical and mental well-being. What's important to Dave and everyone else at Half Day is trust. Trust of their products and trust in their company. The CBD industry is fairly new, and compared to other CBD companies that I've tried, Half Day isn't afraid to invite you in and better understand their production process, including their farmers growing and harvesting in Kentucky, all the way to their in-house extraction and bottling process with their licensed food safety managers right here in Chicago. They even include batch records, so you can see exactly where your products have been and where they are coming from. The point is, these guys are really big on quality control, transparency, and safety, which, as a customer of a new product, I definitely appreciate. You can check them out at the links in our show notes and on the blog. If you click through those links, you'll be able to use the promo code NEWCLUB15 for an additional 15% off your first order. I'll be back a little later in the show to share my personal experiences with Half Day and hope you guys check them out. Hey, Grant Gears. Welcome to The Backdrop. Thanks for having me. Love to be here. Good to have you on. Uh, as our second now in this member series, you're going to be our second Atlanta uh, official member to, to join the pod. You're in Fayetteville, Georgia. And I, I, I just, I'm going to dive right into it because there's something in your application that caught our eye on the membership committee. And that was uh, a little home track you call Augusta West. Um, tell us a little bit about this, this piece of property. Well, um, when, uh, the kind of the quarantine hit, uh, earlier this year, I was, uh, out there and we, we have a, a little piece of property and I was doing some grading and, uh, on the tractor and, um, I, I got off, jumped off the tractor and I had, I was cutting into this, this hill and, um, uh, stood under this tree next to it was looking back at it and I was like man that sure does look like a tea box and uh we kind of had this field and I turned around and I was like well I guess I could put a green right down there and so I uh just kind of on a whim you know kind of went inside and uh talked to my wife I said hey how do you feel about me putting a par three in the backyard and she was like yeah go for it and I was like sweet and so Augusta West was off and running and uh, yeah, just uh, went for it. Uh, other than clearance with the wife, which is probably the, the best first step if you're, you're going to take on building a part three course, what was like the first construction step? Like you, you, what, what did, what did you, how, where'd you go? Where'd you start? Where did it begin? So um, like I said, I was cutting, cutting this hill of dirt and um, just trying to move it and grade it. And uh, so I, the tee box kind of got shaped without even me knowing it. I was just cutting into the hill. And then, you know, I was like, man, that just, it just looked like a tee, you know, that, that would just be there. And so, um, I kind of just kept shaping it. And, um, and then, um, you know, I was just kind of planning it out literally on the fly. It's just like letting it happen. And, um, you know, my, my very, uh, 
I'll say rookie knowledge at golf course architecture. I was just trying to, you know, let it be natural. And um, so it was just kind of like, that's it. That's the tee. And, uh, you know, the green, I, uh, I did move dirt and built up, you know, so I could, uh, I wanted it to be like an old school green. So, so I, I sloped it from back to front and wanted it to be, you know, somewhat friendly and accepting the, uh, the, the, the ball. And um, yes, so it was just kind of uh really lack of plans and just kind of kept going with it and kept, you know, seeing where it took me. Um, and then, um, you know, just end up with a par three. That's fantastic. So uh, where are you at in, in development? Are you a couple holes in or, or what's it look like? So we're one complete hole, um, one tee, one green. And, uh, I, hey, I do one have a uh, golf course. One hole is a golf course. That's it. It's a one holer. It's a 81 yard par three right now. And, uh, there's a lot of plans in the works. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you in on some of those. Uh, definitely going to, um, do some green renovation. Um, I want to, I want to double the size of the green and make it a, a double green. Um, so there's going to be, there's going to be a, a tease added in another location. And, uh, that's going to be step one. Uh, I'm going to start working on that shortly. And, um, and then there's, there's future expansion plans that, uh, that I, that I've got in the works that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, yeah, I definitely want to make, uh, make it into uh, a little home course track at Augusta West. And, and picking a name like <clears throat> Augusta West, from an agronomy standpoint, you really couldn't have picked a higher benchmark, I suppose, in terms of growing, you know, the most perfect blades of grass. Is that in the cards too? Are you going to make sure that you're going to be out there with the, uh, the shears, you know, making sure every single piece of grass is right where it is intended to be? So I would love to, and I do have a real mower, so I can, I can really, you know, get it tight, but, uh, but no, um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's a lot of work. So I'm actually, so the tee box currently, the, the, our one and only tee is uh, artificial. Um, and uh, the grass is, is uh, it is a Bermuda mix. Um, and, uh, but it, it's going to be converted to, uh, to artificial turf as well. So, um, so we'll, we'll still be doing some mowing of the, uh, the field and the natural areas around and stuff like that. But, uh, we are going to move into a, uh, hopefully close to fully artificial setup so we can, uh, you know, keep it, keep it really, really tight and have less maintenance. I love it. I love it. I, I've, uh, peeked at some of your, your Instagram videos, welcoming folks to Augusta West. I, I, do, I appreciate that. You know, although you're only one hole in, you've already, you know, accepted the formality of Augusta, right? So you're wearing your green jacket and you're welcoming, you know, the fans into, uh, or the patrons, excuse me. Is everyone going to be patrons at Augusta West? Well, there's members and there's going to be patrons. So, you know, you can, you can join Augusta West, uh, now, um, and, and, and check that out on our website, but yeah, you can definitely, you can be a member. Um, but yeah, there's members and patrons and, uh, there's, there's some future plans in, in, in the works as far as, uh, you know, honing in our own, uh, style with, uh, our own jacket. So I love it. I love it. Well, what we need a, a new club, uh, society outing at some point, um, get the, get the group out. 
Absolutely. Uh, so you gotta be some type of golfer to, you know, get to, to this level of obsession to start building golf holes. And I want to hear about your golf. Uh, but I want to hear about you first, just as, uh, as a person, uh, let's talk about Grant Gears and kind of what your story, where, where, uh, where you're from and take us from there. Originally from the South in, uh, Louisiana, but, uh, grew up in Tucson, Arizona. And, uh, yeah, just, um, I would say had, you know, pretty amazing kind of normal all American childhood and played all the sports and, um, didn't get into golf until a little later when I was uh, about 12 or 13. And, um, yeah, just, just, uh, just love, you know, being out there. I was lucky enough to uh, grow up in a place where you could play golf, you know, 365 days a year. And, um, I sure tried as a kid to do that. Um, uh, loved playing and, um, kind of wish, uh, is not a bad place you can play year round. It's, it gets a little cold, not quite like what you guys experience in Chicago, but, uh, you know, there's a, there's definitely some days you think twice about, uh, are we doing this today? But, uh, but yeah. And, uh, it was a great place to grow up. And, um, you, uh, you, you've moved around a bit cause I know you served with the military. You were in the United States air force. Uh, how, I, I know um, my friends that were in the Navy were big golfers and, and they were stationed in San Diego and got to play a bit. Is uh, Air Force known for golf? Air Force is huge known for golf. So I, I'm sure there's one out there, but I don't know of an of a Air Force base that doesn't have a golf course. Um, kind of like the Navy. The Navy bases, you know, pretty much have a golf course. And um, it's, yeah, golf's big uh, in the Air Force. And um yeah, I was uh, stationed at Dover, Delaware for my uh, four years and had a couple trips overseas and, and uh, yeah, played, uh, played the Eagles Landing, I believe it was called, in, in, in Dover. It was, a, uh, it was a fun, fun course. Uh, how many rounds, I mean, you know, I always think about how, much, how many rounds I can get in in a year and if I get to, you know, 60, 70, that's a, that's a good round. When you're in the Air Force, what's a good year in terms of rounds of golf? with your schedule? I think you could do that, but I, uh, when I was in, I kind of was in, uh, you know, coming from, um, I was, I got into the air force basically about a year after high school, went to college and, um, and, and decided this is, I got to go do something else. I got so bored. And, uh, uh, so when I was in, I, I kind of, uh, you know, stopped playing as much as I played, you know, when I was playing competitive golf, but, um, uh, I probably played 30 rounds a year while I was in the air force, maybe a couple, maybe a year or two, I played a little bit more, but that was probably, you know, what I was getting in then. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I think a lot of people would, would give that, um, the, uh, now, so how long you been in, in Fayetteville? So we've lived here, uh, we've lived in Atlanta twice. So we, uh, we, we, we moved out here in, in 2009 and, uh, and worked and lived here for three years. And then uh, we went away, went back to Tucson, went to the Philadelphia area and then decided this is, uh, this is where we wanted to raise our family. So we came back and been back for five years. And uh, yeah, just love the area. It's a great place, like I said, to raise a family and uh the golf is uh, really 
really good and uh yeah we love it and have enough land to build a golf course you know we we uh we came back i wanted to i wanted to buy a piece of land so we uh yeah so we bought a piece of land and built a house and very fortunate and um yeah it wasn't necessarily uh in the forefront of of my mind but uh i definitely always had it in the back of my mind and and uh and, and yeah, you know, you're obviously, uh, I think golf is beyond a hobby for you. You know, it's, it's become this passion of yours. Uh, who introduced you to the game? Where, when did you get started? Yeah. So it is definitely a, uh, a, an amazing addiction. I would say to golf. Uh, so my, my grandfather, uh, and, and his, three brothers were all professional golfers from the PGA tour on down to the teaching level. And, uh, so my grandfather introduced me to the game and, you know, back then when, when we were kids, they didn't really have like junior clubs per se. So, you know, he just took an old set of his, cut them down, put, you know, re-gripped them and, and, and got me set up like that. And, um, so he would take me to the range when, uh, when he was in town and, and, uh, and kind of show me some things, but I never really played the game. Uh, just kind of hit balls and was introduced to it and by him and he passed away when uh, I was 12 and um, about a year later I, I picked up the game really really you know hard and and just fell in love with it and um, and I didn't really know you know kind of the family history uh, you know I didn't know that he was a golf professional I had no idea his brother you know played on tour and, until I started like really fallen in love with the game and um right before high school and in high school and you know I started noticing like these these golf pictures and you know the occasional uh, trophy and, and I'm like asking my dad I'm like what what is this stuff like what did you know and and you know I got to find out the history of of our family and the game and was just blown away and it was it was it was cool it's and even then I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I fully appreciated how, you know, rich the family history was with, with the game, but, uh, I just love it now. And, uh, you know, love, love that we have that history and, and, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. That's really, that's really cool. Were they all, uh, local to the same, same region? Were they from where you grew up in Louisiana? They, they, uh, my, my grandfather did live in Louisiana and then Houston for a while and stuff, but they, they're from uh, Oklahoma city. Um, and, and so they, they played uh, a lot of their, their golf, uh, there and, uh, you know, were professionals, uh, you know, out of the clubs there and stuff like that. And then, and then uh, obviously my grandfather, when he moved to, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, he was, you know, played pro there and played in, you know, bunch of the tournaments that they have there like the, you know the opens and stuff like that below the tour level but uh but yeah definitely he was you know pretty uh pretty decent golfer and the the uncle that got to the uh the highest rank the pga tour did was he able to to live off of that do you know or was it just kind of a play in what you can and and uh cover your costs type of thing I think it was more of a, you know, he wasn't, uh, he, he, he didn't, he didn't have any wins out there on tour. And, uh, 
you know, I've tried to research uh, quite a bit to see, and, you know, the, the, his, the uh, records that they kept back then were, you know, obviously not nearly in depth, like what they, they keep now. And so I found, uh, you know, I found his, his name and, and, and saw some of the tournaments, you know, uh, that he played in, and, you know, obviously anytime he kind of, you know, made the cut and cashed that, that stuff's kind of kept, but, um, he played on tour for 15 years. So, um, long enough to uh to kind of make it out there but i think he had more success in 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 kind of the you know state opens and stuff like that the other type professional uh, events um you know more more wins in the in that arena gotcha that's cool though that is really it's cool to uncover your family history isn't it it kind of just ties you to like i, I know the same for my experience just understanding more about your, your family's involvement with golf gives you that deeper connection to the game for yourself. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. The, uh, you know, I, I went to your, um, your website for the, the business you started Eagles and arrows, which I know we'll get to. Uh, but there's a, there's a photo of a handsome gentleman that I, I thought was a Charlton Heston. Uh, the first time I looked at it, I was like, <laughs> who is this celebrity dude? in you know 1950s style uh posing on the the cover of your of your website but i gotta imagine is that one of these these four gentlemen that you mentioned yeah that's so that's yeah that's my grandfather and uh, yeah when um when i was kind of getting into to starting the uh the, the golf thing uh i just wanted to tie it back to that history and uh so i have that picture in, in my house and I just, I look at it all the time and, um, and yeah, so I, I decided, you know, that's, that's what I, I want to go with, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a handsome man in his day for sure. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my wife, I had to, you know, bring her in for confirmation. She, she said, yeah, total babe. Who's this guy? Pro, like, I mean, and he's posing. So is this, was he a, a, a golf model one of the early golf models before Arnold Palmer kind of took that role? You know, I don't, I don't think so like that, but, uh, um, they, they, uh, they did take professional photos. So, cause I, I asked my, my, my dad, I'm like, how does, how do you get this, this picture? Like, especially back then. And, um, they, um, they were, you know, a decent looking family and they, they're all kind of, you know, good looking guys and, and, um, their mother, uh, must've thought so as well. Cause she would have professional photos of them taken. And so, yeah, that was, that was one of them. That's funny. That's really cool. It's cool to have, you know, for obviously the, the grandkids now are uh, able to remember them and that's, that's cool. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that she did it because, uh, yeah, I just love, I love, I love that picture. I love all the old pictures of all of all the guys. I, so I, I wanted to ask you about your day job a little bit. Uh, Cause I remember reading a couple of years ago when I was looking at a career change that air traffic controllers, it's one of the um, more stressful jobs I think that you can, you can have. Would you, would you say that's true or false? Well, I kind of always explain it like this. Uh, You know, my, my wife, she was a, a teacher and, and now she, you know, stays at home and, and raises our kids. And I always say her job's more stressful than mine. So, um, 
I feel like the stress is kind of relative. Uh, any job you, you have, whatever, whatever profession you're in, you, you, you deal with stress. And uh, I guess people always kind of point to air traffic as, as it being really stressful because our stress deals with people's lives. But uh, it's no more stressful than, than your job or, or, uh, or anybody's job out there, really. Um, it's, uh, it, it can be stressful, but, uh, if, you know, if everybody's doing what they need to do, it's, uh, it, it's all good. Are, are, are there, uh, is golf maybe a uh, decompressor for that, do you think? Is no doubt. Other, yeah. No doubt, yeah. It's... It's definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult though sometimes because air, air traffic controllers, you kind of tend to be intense people at times and it's just kind of the nature of it. And so you have to, you know, for, for me at least, I, I have to go out there and, and really kind of turn that off and, and also turn off the, the, the competitive juices. I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to go out there and, and do, do my best and shoot low scores, but, you know, it's... Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing on tour. Uh, I'm not playing, uh, really not playing competitive golf right now. So, you know, I just, I want to go out there and enjoy the, the golf course and the weather and the people and, you know, the architecture and, you know, everything else that the golf has to, to offer. So yeah, I have to, you, you have to, for me, I got to turn that off and, uh, and just, you know, kind of enjoy what's in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder, because we had before you Grant join in uh, new club, we had quite a number of um, pilots that were already in the membership. One down in your neck of the woods, Will Hanna, and and others. Um, I wonder what it is about. And, and and you think about the history of like the the PGA Tour players that you know uh, fly planes. So many of them, especially in the fifties and sixties. You know Arnold, obviously, famously had his pilot license and would fly to different events. Um, and a bunch of others, even today, a bunch of others still, uh, you know, go to get their, their flying license. I wonder what the, the similarity is there or what, what the crossover is. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not, I don't fly, although I've done quite a bit of flying, um, not a pilot. Um, but, uh, I think it's just the rush of it and, and, um, you know, it, it's funny, like back in the air force, I, I don't know that I know a fighter pilot that doesn't, you know, play golf and, and also want to be as good as tour players. Like, it's just that it's that rush. I feel like that they, they get from it. And, um, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's the, probably the, the rush with the, the ability to, you know, calm everything and focus when you need to. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting parallel. And I always wonder too about the, uh, you know, when I think of air traffic control, uh, the caricature of like the guys, you know, drinking coffee in the tower and then Tom Cruise and those, you know, pesky pilots always are, are buzzing the tower. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that, does that happen? Is that something? Is there this, this contentious relationship between air control and, and uh, pilots? Um, sometimes there is, uh, definitely it's an intense environment. And so, you know, the, the setup is, is not like that you see on, uh, you know, Top Gun, but, uh, it, it is, it can be contentious. You, you have, you know, on one side you have, uh, you know, pilots who, you know, like kind of 
being in charge and, and, and flying their airplane and doing what they want to do. But when they're flying in, in, in the system, you know, we're telling them what to do and all the way down to, you know, fly this heading, fly at this speed, do this, do that. And, and so there's, there's kind of, you know, that, that, uh, who's, who's in charge here and, and, and who's, who's telling who to do what. And, and it, so it can be, especially if, uh, if, if, uh, if you get some, some big egos or some, some big personalities, I'll say, um, on the mic. Um, so yeah, that, that can exist, but, uh, well, you're not getting buzzed. No, you're not really getting buzzed. Uh, they would, they would, they would get into some serious trouble if they, <laughs> they did that, uh, you know, in real life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I assumed how another, another example where Hollywood isn't our real life. Yeah. Uh, the, um, um, I was going to ask you about, uh, uh, Atlanta golf. So wh- where do you like to play? You know, I, I'm kind of learning it as I go here with more of our members, uh, in the area, but what are some of your favorite courses? Where are some spots that, that you really enjoy and what, what do you kind of give us your take overall on kind of the, um, surrounding greater Atlanta golf scene? So it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a pretty rich city with golf. You know, there's obviously some history and, um, you know, the course that, uh, that new clubs kind of taken over as their home here at, at Bobby Jones is, uh, obviously got a, a lot of history and, um, and they just completed a huge renovation that, um, completely changed the course. I, I've actually yet to play it since they've completed it. I can't wait to get up there and, and play it. I've played the old track, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of history in Atlanta and there's a lot of great golf, um, Probably, you know, I haven't played um, all the awesome tracks out there. Um, I look forward to doing that with New Club. Um, but uh, probably my favorite that I've played in the city or near it is uh, Druid Hills. Uh, it's just unbelievable um, in the shape they keep it in and, and just the layout and the track. And it's got some pretty cool history. And um, so that's probably my favorite that I've played in, in Atlanta, uh, had the opportunity to play Athens country club last uh, week and, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that and the history of that, that track. It was very, uh, Augusta, uh, national esque. It had some awesome, awesome views and some great, great holes. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, I'm a member of uh, club corp and, uh, they, they own quite a few courses in, in uh, Atlanta and our area they own basically all of them so if you're going to play you, you pretty much have to uh join there which uh they do a good job keeping our, our tracks we don't uh we don't have anything that's like super historic uh in our group but uh we have a couple of nice uh nice tracks that they they play qualifiers on uh USGA stuff and uh an Arnold Palmer design track and uh so yeah it's uh we we got a decent setup um just lacking uh, maybe some history and, uh, you know, real, uh, I would say, not not tests, but just, uh, you know, different questions that you have to answer on a golf course. We don't, we don't, I wouldn't say we have that in our, in our, uh, you know, courses that we have in our club court group, but, but pretty yeah, good more, courses. 
Yeah, that's it. Feels like a lot of those typically were were built with the the housing boom in the '90s, right? I mean, they're they're just not going to be the uh, the classic strategic golf courses that you know you see in in older. Uh, and I won't say older because obviously Atlanta is plenty old, but uh, but the outskirts it seems like um, you know the housing boom that that hit Atlanta. What was that like the early '90s, late '80s, maybe? Yeah, exactly. That's that's and that's exactly you know what it is. One. You know, my probably my favorite course that we have that we play. They uh, they they built a, a lake on, and uh, the lake's only like ten years old. So what's neat about that is the uh, you know it was just kind of woods on this whole half of the property, and now it's like open to you know this beautiful lake. So that that made it a whole lot more interesting. Um, but yeah, they're they're you know kind of house lined if you if you will courses, and um, yeah, just like you said, lacking kind of that intrigue and history yeah I've, I've, I've come around on enjoying those like i i definitely it's not my preference but you can still have a great time playing golf just about anywhere and, and yeah. i think your your part three course in your backyard is probably you know evidence of that right absolutely um, it does it, it sometimes it's simpler than you think I, I think what happens with me when i'm playing one of the the housing development courses is that i just get distracted and and like you know houses are are kind of distracting right there's things going on in the back room where it, it, it takes your your head somewhere else and i think mm-hmm. what we what we all you know unspokenly appreciate with uh when that doesn't happen is that like nature is the opposite of distraction right if you're just surrounded by you know green grass and some trees and some birds chirping it's it's very easy to get lost in the uh in the golf in the scene but uh but yeah, so I, I almost use it as an opportunity, like, all right, uh, block it out, put your blockers on, focus on this hole, focus on, you know, where you want your ball to land, focus on what the, the green's doing in front of you. And, and I, I've, I've kind of used it as a practice for my mental game, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you can, you can enjoy golf. I mean, any golf, uh, whether it be, you know, just an awesome historic course where you just you, you're just getting all the feels and you know there's there's no houses and and all that you, you know you thoroughly enjoy it all the way to you know some you know unkept kind of for lack of a better term like goat track you know you can enjoy it it's just up to you to to kind of you know figure out what you want to focus on and i so i i agree with you i i, I like to, to try and you know look at stuff to enjoy and work on stuff and try and block some of that stuff out. But yeah, it's not, it's not my, uh, it wouldn't be my go-to uh, course uh, if I only had to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. We always uh, keep our eye out too for those places that are just, just vibey and, and kind of special. Like you're saying, you know, they're not um, going to wow you just yet, but they're, they're uh they got a low budget and they're trying to make something cool happen one place that came on our radar down by you guys is uh the fields yeah have you been down there i have it is uh oh man it's special it's uh it it is it's it's exactly what you described it's one of those places uh you just get that feel out there and that vibe of of why haven't i played this before (laughs) where this is awesome you know and uh yeah, I went down there and played and um it's that's a that is a fun fun track and it's got some cool history. It's not it's not crazy old, but um but 
but it, it's, it's got, it's got those vibes to it. It's awesome. And it's, it's man, maintained really by one guy right now, right? He's kind of the owner, superintendent, uh, snack cart guy. Like it's, it's yeah. Him. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. His name's Lindsay. Actually, I, I, uh, had the chance to meet him when I went down there and played and, um, he's just a cool guy who just, you know, it's, it's kind of cool history. His, his, his dad built the course, um, back in, I believe it was the early eighties. And, um, and now he owns it and operates it. And he is, he's kind of like a one man band and he's just doing it all. And they, uh, they're working on it and he was, he was cool. He broke down some of the stuff they're doing and everything. And it's, uh, it's just a cool, cool spot. I can't wait to go play there again. Yeah, when when I, whenever we can get down from our, our our northern spot to see you guys, it's gonna be uh, on the list for sure um, to check out. Yeah, it's a, it's one you don't want to miss, and uh, it's the the oh my gosh, it's silly cheap too. Like I I can't believe the the prices. I'm like I wanted to tell Lindsay like you gotta kick that up a little bit. You deserve more. This is amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's a great deal too. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like we actually, uh, very similar place here in in the city, uh, or just north of city limits in Evanston, Illinois, is Canal Shores. It's a place that we uh, we play. We have a Friday Skins game there. We um, we do maintenance work pre- pre- predominantly in the the winter time. Guys volunteer. You know, when you don't have the Saturday uh, four ball uh, on your calendar in January, you can actually you know still go outside and do some some work that they need done. You know, it's mostly invasive species that need torn out and bunker, you know, work that you can kind of do. Um, bunker expansions, green, green expansions are happening now actually. And, and we're doing it kind of volunteer working and, and it's been so fun, man. Like we, we just enjoy it. It's good. You, you know this cause you're building holes in your backyard, but um, I feel like that's a cool place. And once we get, you know, membership grooving down in, in Atlanta, that's, an activity that we definitely want to put out there and, and find good places to go do that. Cause what we've seen in the time that we started at Canal Shores helping out and, and we're not going to take all the credit here cause there's a, a, a volunteer effort that's, you know, larger than new club and people that live in that, that area that are helping, but you know, they've been able to make, take their green fee from like 12 bucks to regularly flat fee of like 40 bucks. And that's cool. Yeah. And people, and that's like, that's game changing for the, the business. They're a nonprofit, so they just need to get by. But it's, um, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's funny. You know, you uncover, I think that's what's so fun about trying to uncover the, whatever you want to call them, hidden gems or whatever is, is they might be a little scruffy and, you know, not, uh, not done at the agronomy work that a country club might, but you, you feel like, man, I found something. This is, this is special yeah it's awesome i uh i had the chance to hear some about the canal um kev moore was telling me about it and uh man i was impressed with some of the stuff we got you got got guys out there building like road hole bunkers and stuff he was telling me about with their own hands i was like wow this is this is sweet and maybe i need to get them to come out to augusta west and (laughs) <laughs> yes, for sure. Help out, <laughs> Dude, for for sure. We actually, it's, there's another guy we're going to connect you to who's working on his backyard course, um, and he's got a lake in his backyard, so he's he's got uh, some interesting things to work with. But absolutely, I think you know, just imagine the because it's really 
I know it sounds silly at first when people are like, wait, I'm going to take my time to go dig a bunker or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's like, yeah, at first you think you're doing it for them. And then you start getting into it and you go, this is the most fun, especially us that are like desk jockeys, you know, people that have been working behind a desk, uh, type in emails and, and making phone calls. You, you work with your hands and it's just so rewarding. And, and the socialization of it and the beer you have afterwards, it's the best. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and just the, you know, you're, you're, you're getting to, you know, give something that's awesome to them. But like you said, you're getting it for yourself. Like imagine putting a, a bunker in and, and, and you, anytime you hit into that bunker you built, you're like, man, you it's all right. It. It's kind of like I, a second home. <laughs> <laughs> I will attest grant. It's like, it is like coming home. It, you it, you have a smile on your face that you get to hit out of that bunker. Yeah, it's that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good stuff, man. Well, uh, Grant, this was this was a lot of fun uh, having you on. Excited to uh, meet you in person and the rest of the Atlanta crew at some point. You know, hopefully we uh, beat this this COVID and we can all travel and go see each other a little bit easier. But um, any other message or thing thoughts and you'd like to share? Oh, I you know one thing I forgot to ask you. We got to talk about. Eagles and arrows. So give yeah. us the, give us the rundown on that. Give us, uh, you know, what, what, why did you start it? So it's something that I've wanted to, to do for a long time being in, in the golf space. And, and, um, I just didn't know what that would look like or, or, or what to do or, or really have that kind of crazy motivation to do, to do it. And, uh, and, and this winter I, I did, uh, I just, kind of got the vision and, and, and motivation and said, you know, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time and I'm just going to do it. And, uh, so yeah, we started, uh, inceptualized in, in January of this year and launched right in the middle of, uh, of, uh, COVID and, uh, in April. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, um, we're doing some fun stuff. We're, we're making uh, vintage inspired, uh, carry bags and, uh, your waxed, uh, canvas and leather variety uh single strap old school bag and uh that's kind of where it started and i said well if i'm gonna make golf bags you know might as well have some hats and t-shirts and towels and uh we make uh some pretty sweet uh 100 full cabretta leather golf gloves and uh you know some other some other uh, golf essentials and um uh, yeah so it's been it's been a blast and uh, we're just uh, just building it up. The bags look really cool. They they are uh, very classic, very sharp. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, and you guys got a pretty rad logo too. I like that. It's very kind of a throwback. Was it actually that picture we talked about of your your uh, uh, your grandpa? Was that mm-hmm. logo on his shirt? It's it's uh, it's not no. Um, oh, it kind of look like it though. But it, it does kind of look like it, and and you know I. I created our, our logo and, um, and I, I did, I, I noticed that after I'm like, man, that kind of looks similar, but, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not our logo, but, um, but yeah, it is kind of cool. One, one other kind of cool connection with him and, and, and the bag. So after, um, we, I started the company, um, you know, my wife kind of dug into trying to find more out about my grandfather and his golf. And, you know, I have a bunch of photos and some of the trophies and stuff like that, that he's won. And, um, 
but she she went on and, and found a bunch of photos and articles from way back that I had never seen or read. One of them was really cool. He um, he, he and a partner won a, a four ball in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City four ball in um, I think 1954, 55. And so they did a newspaper article and took a picture and, and the picture is him and his partner and they're kind of kneeling and, and, and shaking hands. And, and in the background of it is, uh, is his golf bag. And it looks so similar to the golf bags we're making. And, and when I saw that picture, I was just like, my gosh, that is just, it was so cool for, for me. And, and, and I just, I love that, that photo now. And, uh, is pretty cool. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. And you get, you have, uh, you have little ones at home, right? What, yep. Are they, uh, are they yet catching the golf bug? How are you going about kind of, is there any introduction phase that you're in? Oh yeah. So, so, uh, I have a seven year old little girl. She'll turn eight in, uh, about a month and, um, five year old little boy, Cassie and Brody. And, um, so Cassie uh, likes golf. She, I think she likes to be on the golf course more than she likes playing. Um, but, uh, but she enjoys being out there, which is awesome. And, uh, and my son has kind of got the bug. So he's out there hitting. And, uh, yeah, so there's introduction. I don't, uh, I don't try to do a whole lot of teaching with him. I want it to be fun. I, I, I put his hands on the club properly, and, and, and that's about it. We just let him, let him have fun from there. But, uh He's loving it, and um, I I couldn't be happier. That's an awesome, awesome approach. Does your uh, it does it cross your mind? Do you think of your your grandfather and, and everybody else when you're out there with them? Because I know you you mentioned that you were introduced at a pretty young age uh, with the, with all them around. Is that kind of familiar to? You? Does it bring back memories? Oh yeah, I mean it uh, definitely does. It's uh, it's a hundred percent. It's kind of, you know, just like my grandpa take us out to the range. You know, like I said, I never got to play with him. I, I would, I would give almost anything to have played around with him, but, uh, but yeah, you know, just the little tidbits of instruction he would give on hitting the balls and, um, uh, you know, putting your hands in the right spot and, and, uh, and that's that stuff. Yeah. You get all those vibes from, uh, and those memories. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty fun. That's awesome. Well, that's, it's really cool to see anytime one of our members is, you know, launching, uh, something that's in related to the game of golf or directly in it, like Eagles and arrows. I think it's, uh, you know, we, we know that feeling. So we like to support. So where can people, uh, where can people check it out? Yeah. So you can, uh, catch us at, at our website, eagles and com, And, uh, we're on all the, uh, the, the social channels at uh, Eagles and Arrows CO. Uh, Instagram's probably our uh, our top uh, social media channel, and um, we try to post on there fairly regularly. And uh, you can catch what we're doing on there. And yeah, you can uh, you can come to the site and uh, join Augusta West. The memberships are available um, on our website, so go check that out. And uh, it's, it's uh it's fun and and uh yeah we look forward to doing some cool stuff with that and uh you know just giving people some some quality uh golf stuff at uh at uh, you know what we feel like is a pretty good pricing and uh yeah it's just fun fun golf stuff 
and as you know, uh, the the Masters being rescheduled for November, are you guys is Augusta West already making plans? Is are you guys moving forward? Uh, you know, with uh, your your own invitational, or or what's going to be the set, any tournament play going to be hitting the uh, the Augusta West golf course soon? Yeah, so we uh, we have a, an event in the works for uh, for Augusta West members, and uh, um, we uh, I, you know I think uh, I think it's going to end up being a 2021 event, and uh, just because because the COVID and the you know everything that's kind of un, unknown with that right now, I would, I'd love to do it this fall, but uh, I I just uh, you know I want it to be. Uh, fun and i don't want people to not come because of because of that and so we'll uh we'll uh we'll wait till uh covid uh kind of calms down and uh you know the world gets right and um but yeah 2021 we're planning a, a fun event there's going to be some uh some golf involved and uh some really really cool cool stuff that's going to happen and uh yeah it's going to be hopefully pretty fun and uh yeah, gotta go on there and uh, get on the uh, Augusta West mailing list. Love it, that's awesome. And you know, I think Augusta East might be following your guys' uh, lead on that one. I, I don't, I don't know. I got this the uh, this sneaking suspicion. I know it's day by day, and we're all just adjusting to our new norms. But I, I don't know if we're gonna see a Masters in twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what we're gonna do. I, I think if they play uh, the Masters this year, you know, I think it's gonna be uh, patron free, which is going to be different, but, um, could be kind of neat and, um, kind of neat to see it in the fall. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's just, you know, it's different times right now and it's kind of got to play it one, uh, one day at a time. You got it. Well, Grant, thanks for coming on, man. This was fun chatting with you. Uh, look forward to meeting you in person and, and we'll see you guys soon. Definitely. Thank you for having me. This episode was brought to you by Half Day CBD. Personally, I started using Half Day and their line of CBD products a little more than a year ago to assist in three areas, sleep, pain relief, and anxiety. I use the Half Day oils at night as part of my bedtime ritual, which I've found to be way better for me than the use of melatonin or other sleep aids. I like to use the Half Day topical relief cream for my knees, which always start to ache around this time of the golf season. And as someone who has struggled with the performance anxiety on the golf course in the past, I use the half-day CBD gummies as a way to curb some of those first tee jitters before an especially nervy match or tournament. So using the links in our show notes and the links on our blog, you can check out their full line of hemp-derived products and use the promo code NEWCLUB15. You'll receive an additional 15% off your first order. You'll also see some of the half-day staffers at our upcoming tournaments and events for the second half of the golf season. They are a great company who love the game of golf. And if you're interested in the use of CBD products or just curious about the benefits for yourself, I encourage you to check them out and learn more.